Welcome to Growing Potatoes Podcast, where we cover all things love, dating, and married life. We are your newlywed hosts, Keegan and Faith Von Atzigan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on our Growing Potatoes Instagram at Growing Potatoes. Subscribe, share, and five-star rate us right there at the bottom. Take a second to pause, touch that five stars, leave a little comment for us. Not four stars, five stars. Yes, five. And you're listening to episode 12. So Keegan just got me a beautiful longboard for my birthday, um, which was just two days ago. And so I thought might as well talk about I think the only spud moment we have from longboarding together, basically freshman year when we started dating, we made an agreement to kind of like try out each other's hobbies. So Keegan taught me how to longboard and then I learned dance. You didn't just learn dance. He auditioned for the dance programs show at our university and got casted in a piece (laughs) i I learned a whole dance routine that was the first time i'd ever danced on stage yeah Yeah. and keegan's not i mean he's not trained but he's a good mover like he practices in his bedroom he watches a lot of dance videos he probably loves dance more than me and that's like my career so he enjoyed himself and i enjoyed learning how to longboard because i always i always wanted to longboard um but I guess I just never did. I don't know. Um, so Keegan taught me how to longboard and basically I stole his longboard from him from that day forth and he was She left me with my short skate- little skateboard. Yeah, with his tiny wheels, so he always had to kick way harder than me to keep up. Um, so he just bought me a longboard two days ago. So I can finally get my own back. Yes, yes, he can finally get his own back. But anyway, so we we're longboarding down this really long stretch of pavement called Riverside um, in Tulsa. And we had just got into this really big park called the Gathering Place where it's pretty busy um, on the sidewalks. And there is like a walking only side and a riding only side. But for some reason, the pedestrians at the Gathering Place just love crossing the barriers all the time. It's like the don't lines they? don't exist. Yep. Yeah. and so we were longboarding trying to be really cautious of all the pedestrians that were you know crossing the line um and so keegan we were going side by side um and so keegan kind of like went in front of me and um we were kind of going downhill we were surrounded by people going really cautious not too fast but still a good speed um and when he got in front of me he went to like do a real big kick like um and i kick with my left foot he kicks with his right foot um so my board was kind of to the right of him his was kind of to the left of mine and so when he kicked his foot back it hit the front of my board stopped it cold cold stopped it my inertia kicked in if you remember physics class my momentum kept going basically. And so I flew off of the longboard and because I'm a dancer, I knew how to fall, but I tuck and rolled and like <laughs> rolled onto the pavement, had a tiny little scrape on my knee, but everyone around us was like, 
Like, it was really embarrassing. I it felt, was so embarrassing. I felt so bad, babe. Yeah, I felt fine. I, I felt just, like a spud. I just hated that we had a whole crowd witness that collision. <laughs> that was your first time having a bad fall, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd fallen a few times, but Faith had gotten by unscathed. But now she's one of us. Yeah. And now I'm going to wear pants from now on when I longboard because I used to wear shorts. Ooh, yeah. Maybe yeah. some knee pads, something. elbow pads. Yeah, something. But, yep, we had the whole little uh, sidewalk gasping at my phone. <laughs> and I had to kind of get up and circle around and be like, okay. <laughs> you did. You got back up. You kept kept boarding. Yeah. And you didn't let it, didn't let it shake you. No, it was all good. It's all good. So, anyway, this episode is something that's for everyone it is for every single person single dating engaged no matter who you are finances um is a crucial part of our life and finances becomes even more important when you get married because you are taking two different people's financial history financial preferences and you're meshing them together in one um and if you're single, already focusing on or becoming aware of how you approach money, um, what your financial situation is, what your financial situation could be by the time you want to get married, it's really important. We talked about in episode two how we did not let our financial situation keep us from getting married. Um because we were two broke college students. Um, but there's a lot of people that prefer to have a lot of financial stability before getting married. So we agreed, okay, we're okay with being financially um, frugal as we get married. Um, and it would have been very different if one of us had been uh, wanting to be more financially stable and the other was just ready to go for it and, you know, be young, broken, in love together. So we're going to talk about financial compatibility today. Yep. And one of the reasons we felt like doing this episode is because it's important. Financial tension is one of the main reasons for divorce. Um, and that's not because of lack of money. Most of the time, it's just conflicting approaches towards money. Um, and so we wanted to talk about approaches towards money and how we can do finances together as a couple. Yeah. And um, I think one of the reasons why finances is so important is because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so um, when there is financial tension. Oftentimes our hearts are very attached to our finances because a finan our finances is a way of fulfilling our needs and some of our greatest, deepest desires that we have as well. Um, and our finances also show what we prioritize. Um, it shows wherever we are giving most of our finances to shows what we value most. Like I have friends in college that had a whole coffee budget because they valued going out to coffee every single day and, you know, getting a pretty expensive cup of coffee. And so me, on the other hand, I 
wasn't a coffee drinker at the time. I'm still not a huge coffee drinker. Putting money towards coffee when I first came to college was like, who would spend so much money on coffee? But you you just have to realize that people have different priorities than you. And so how they spend their money is different. Like I spent a lot of money on supplements. I grew up with a mother who gave us lots of um, supplements. So you might be thinking, who spends lots of money on supplements? A lot of people do. But um, that's something that Keegan and I had to work out together is our priorities with finances. Yeah, and we talked uh, in a previous episode about body prejudice and how past experiences can shape our present experiences. And the same is true about finances. Oftentimes we look at how our parents uh, handled money and we determine if we want to copy them or like uh, do something different. We bring a lot of our family background and our financial history into a relationship um, and that that's kind of a financial prejudice as opposed to a body prejudice and so it's important to talk about that in uh, before you get married and just kind of talk about how you're going to handle money and what your expectations for your money are. Yeah and this conversation about money should be happening before engagement um, before uh in that time where you're starting to get really serious and talking about marriage, finances should be uh, a pretty lengthy and important conversation as well. Um, and some of you might be thinking, well, I don't even know what to ask. I don't know um, what to be aware of. And the thing is, usually there are couples that get married extremely young like us that has very little understanding of um, the financial needs we will have to fulfill in the future. Um, that we never have before. And so um, just trying to get as much knowledge about what your financial situation will be when you are married um, is a great way to start asking questions and to start um, preparing in the future to see if you're financially compatible as well. So basically, the first thing um, that's extremely important when discussing finances. This is if you're single, if you're dating, if you're engaged, whatever, even if you're married, is to first discover what your personal approach is to money. Are you a saver? Are you a spender? Are you what? Are you more of a saver in a specific area, more of a spender in a specific area? Do you make compulsive purchases based on emotion? Do you prefer to buy on credit? Do you prefer to save up for large purchases? Um, Keegan and I, right now we're very similar, but when we first met, there was definitely a difference between us. <laughs> I was a bit more of a spender. Yes. Keegan is definitely... Now he is not as much of a spender. Um, I would say now you're the spender, honestly. I know. I hate to admit it, guys, but we've kind of switched roles. I would have <laughs> never, I would have never seen it. Like one thing that's awesome about marriage is that you slowly, uh, because you're opposites. At least Keegan and I are opposites. We slowly start gaining um, freedom. Yeah, person. traits, but also it's kind of a sense of freedom from our like shortcomings and so I used to be extremely extremely frugal like my budget in college was like $20 a month like I would only buy stuff if I absolutely had to and like 
right before I went to college, my family like bought stuff in bulk for me because they know I don't like spending money. And so like I only really I didn't go out much. And if I did go out, Keegan was paying because we were dating like from day one we were dating. So I (laughs) didn't spend a lot of money at all. Um, But Keegan, Keegan, um, I think he's still really into fashion. Um, but in college he was really, really into fashion. And so I know there was some, uh, fashion buys, some clothing buys that were kind of (laughs) some trends I had to keep up on. (laughs) So I think he's over that. And I think I'm over my, um, frugal period. And now that we are on salary, I finally feel financially stable enough to like indulge a little and I'm not crazy I'm not crazy, I promise. But I have indulged in spending money a little bit more, which is actually really good for me. So to help us kind of narrow down money types, before we got married, we found the seven money types by Tommy Brown from uh, Focus on the Family. It's a So Tommy Brown wrote a book about the seven money types, and he basically kind of compares the seven money types to different characters in the Bible, different people in the Bible. Um, and so he was talking about his book on focus on the family. You can go look it up. It's just the seven money types by Tommy Brown focus on the family. Um, but we found this podcast when we were dating, maybe engaged Mm -hmm. and it was so helpful, extremely helpful. So we are going to just quickly, um, go into the seven money types and the seven money types is kind of like helps you discover your motivation behind spending. And so they're, different people from the Bible and he goes into detail as to why um, these people represent these money types because of the way they interact with other people, how they use their finances in the Bible. Um, But we're just going to quickly cover them. So the first type is the Abraham money type and the Abraham money type focuses on hospitality their main motivation for using their resources is to make people feel special and feel noticed. This is your friend that goes all out with your birthday present, that goes all out um, making an experience. It's that friend that plans that girl's trip for all of you. Um, They really love using their resources to make people feel special. And so their Christmas budget their birthday budget for their friends might be way bigger than the average person. Um, So yes, there's the Abraham type. And then the second type is the Isaac type. And these are the uh, disciplined money users. They like to make the most of their resources and they are very high savers. So these are the type of people who keep a strict budget and are very disciplined with where each dollar goes. Yeah, they're also really focused on, like, maximizing their money. So this is, like, (laughs) Keegan, I think, kind of has some Isaac in him because I'll send him to go get, like, rice. I'm like, just give me one one pound bag of rice. He'll come back with the five pound bag of rice because it was lower per per, unit. It's cheaper per ounce. Yeah, it was cheaper per ounce. But I said, okay, 
Right now, we're budgeting for one pound of rice. But because he's trying to maximize his money, he's like, we don't have to buy rice for the rest of the year. And I'm like, okay, but we were we don't eat a lot of rice. So that's why we didn't buy it. Uh, we didn't try to maximize on it. So the Isaac type definitely um, is your coupon, probably a maximizer Black Friday kind of person. Um, and so the Jacob type... They are very focused on using their resources to bring more beauty into their life and to create beauty. They're really focused on creating beautiful experiences, beautiful moments. They like adding flair to things. Um, They're more emotionally driven with their finances. Um, This might be the family that really values having really expensive vacations or um, even in our wedding, like... They want those beautiful moments um, more so than maybe good food or, um, you know, they, Jacobs are really focused on bringing beauty into their life and into other people's lives with their finances. The fourth is the Joseph type, and these types are all about connection. They, they usually know a lot of people and like to use their resources to continue those connections, make new connections. Um, these are the type of people that if you lost your job, you would go to them and ask them for their connections. They they probably know somebody who's hiring. These are the people who just love to go on coffee dates and just really connect with others and use their money to help that. That's their priority. Yeah, the Joseph people are definitely the type of people that will spend their money to join an expensive country club or to sit on the board of some type of business simply so that they can meet more people to then have more connections with. Um, They're that friend that probably name drops like I had lunch with the so-and-so of so-and-so and and you're like, okay, (laughs) we get who you are. (laughs) um, And so the next one is the Moses type and they're all focused on endurance and order. They always have the long-term game plan in mind. They are extremely well ordered. They love structure. They love routine. Um, Their giving is a lot more systematic. They usually love spreadsheets. It was funny on the podcast. He says some of them even have spreadsheets for their spreadsheets. Um, They're extremely organized and everything is leading up to a future goal of theirs. Um, And endurance and order is the focus of the Moses type. The sixth type is the Aaron type, and these this type is based around humility. They like to make sure that other people's needs are met, and they use their resources to, say, go on mission trips or other ways of giving to help meet the needs of other people. Um, and yes, the, the Aaron types usually have to set boundaries with people because... Um, it's hard for them to distinguish between certain people's needs and certain people's wants. And so in order to keep others from taking advantage of them because they love um, taking care of people's needs and making sure uh, that people have what is necessary for life, um, they have to definitely be a little more cautious with their spending because people could take advantage of them. Um, And so the last one is the David type. And the David type is 
very focused on using their finances as a form to create leadership in their life. They're all about the future. They're not satisfied with the now. They're always going places. They're always planning their next goal, reaching their next um, marker on their path to success. And they're usually always thinking about um, the next generation. They're thinking about... um, you know, possibly saving up for their kids to go to college. They're always wanting to lead in some way with their finances. For instance, in the Bible, David funded Solomon's temple. Um, So the David type is really focused on leadership and moving forward. If they um, are, if their finances are rising, they want all of the boats in their financial connections to rise with them. So it's important to note that Uh, None of these types are better or worse than any of the others. It just comes down to what, like we said, your financial prejudice, that kind of type of uh, person that you are and how you use your money. And so what is important is just knowing which of these types you are and kind of examining how you use your resources. And you're like, oh, I guess I guess I am kind of a Joseph type. I do like to connect or, oh, maybe I'm an Abraham type. I'm always hosting people really figuring out which of these types and having like a name for each of them helps kind of talk about uh, how you spend money with your significant other. And you can definitely have more than one type. You can definitely lean towards multiple different types as well. You're not stuck in a box. (laughs) Um, But it, it is a tool to help understand yourself, to help understand the people you interact with, your parents, your family, um, and your partner specifically. Yeah, because maybe you could disagree with somebody on how they're spending their resources. And uh, I know learning this list helped me realize that, oh, people have different priorities for where they allocate their resources. And it what may seem like a waste to me isn't a waste to them and vice versa. Definitely. And it's so important after you discover what your money type is, what your partner's money type is, um, and if you're single, thinking about what money type might be most compatible with yours, um, is once you're together to talk about your financial goals, your financial worries, your debt. You do not want to get in a relationship um, blind to your partner's debt. That that debt becomes your debt when you become married. Um And it's also important to already outline what your financial priorities are. Um, And so Keegan and I were, I told him, I said, you know, dance is a huge part of my life. So I might be spending a lot of money on dance classes in and out of our marriage and travel. And um, he understands that there are certain things he likes to indulge in more. Um, But we our understanding of that and we're willing to compromise, but we're also set boundaries for ourselves. We are definitely a team when it comes to our finances. Some couples want to have separate bank accounts. Keegan and I specifically prefer having um, a joint bank account together. We like complete open transparency about our finances. um, And it's just another way to ensure trust between one another and to just be more and more unified and connected as one. So after you talk about those goals and priorities, the next step is to create a system of spending that fulfills both of your needs and works towards both of your goals. We personally do the envelope method um, where we set aside 
a certain amount of cash into different envelopes and each envelope can only be opened to pay for whatever is on that envelope. So one envelope will have gas written on it and we can take out cash only uh, from that envelope when we're spending it on gas and other envelopes for food, um, an entertainment envelope and this sort of stuff like that. And that really helps us create a system where we uh, are able to at the beginning of the month set aside all of our resources and then not go over and dip into different budgets that we have set out yeah and the envelope method is an extremely great method um and I know when we were in college it was really hard for us to know what our income was going to be because it was based on an hourly rate and our hours changed um, week to week. So we always had kind of an estimate and we always kind of always underestimated our income. That way we could just be safe. Uh, But now that we're on a salary, it's a lot easier to plan month to month and have the same amount in each envelope. Um, And other months, like December is obviously a bigger spending month because of the Christmas presents and birthday presents of family members and friends. Um, So, but we also kind of planned for that in advance already by trying to spend less in October and November. So um, the envelope method is really good to just keep account of every single dollar you're spending and just having a zero balance budget. Um, And so the other thing that we have done financially that has really set us up for success too is having an emergency fund it's always good to have a plan b and our emergency fund um we basically made the day we got married having an emergency fund gives you so much peace of mind it gave us so much peace of mind um just having aside six months of our expenses just in case anything were to happen and something did happen called COVID-19 um and Keegan had been working valet obviously there was no events to valet during COVID and I was teaching dance and obviously there was no dance classes to teach during COVID um and we did not freak out because we had an emergency fund we had um a good chunk of income set aside for us to get through um, some really difficult months where our income was maybe a hundred dollars for a few months. <laughs> and we had that set aside thanks to our previous maybe half a year of living a little bit more on the frugal side because we wanted to, instead of spending every dollar that we got, save so much for the future. And we set that financial goal and it paid off. Yeah, it was good. Sometimes you just got to eat beans and rice, you know. And a lot of PB&J. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about this. Like, Keegan's lunches, our first year of marriage, was like ham sandwiches I've and had, salads for me. I've like, had so many <laughs> slices of bread in the past <laughs> few years. Yeah, yeah. It's good. We made it, though. Now, what are we eating? Soup and... Waffles for breakfast. Brie and apple stuffed chicken. Yeah. Um. So, anyway... Our emergency fund was basically a lump of money that was untouchable. No matter what, we could not dig into it unless it was an emergency. So we highly advise you have that. Um, Lastly, we just want to say, well, second to lastly, 
We just want to say it is so important to talk to each other before making large purchases and taking financial risks. Yeah, this is a a good one to note just so that there's open communication between you two and nothing catches the other by surprise. Yeah, like if there's a purchase over 20 bucks, I'll ask Keegan about it. If I'm in, like I saw a Christmas tree when I was shopping and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a Christmas tree for $40. Okay, let me call Keegan. Like I didn't just buy it right away, even though $40 isn't that much. Um, And another thing too is like Keegan was investing in the stock market before we got married. And so once we got married, I appreciated him being open and honest about what he was investing, the returns we were getting and stuff like that. So it's really important to also inform your spouse of your gains and losses if you are um, into the stock market. And our last point is simply just give. We really love to give. Um, We give to our church. We enjoy giving as much as we can away because we feel like... um, when we give generously, it gets given back to us. We just bought some presents as part of an angel tree at our church. And so however you can, um, just set aside some money in your budget to give. Yeah. One thing that's really important to Keegan and I, we've just done it our whole lives, is tithing. Um, part of the Christian worldview is that everything we have is a gift from the Lord to us. And so since God genuinely has brought everything good into our life, um, the littlest we should be giving to him <laughs> is 10% of our income. And so we have just done that our entire lives. And um, it has kept our hearts generous and our the posture of our um, faith in Christ just abundant. And so we, we still give 10% of our income to the Lord every single time we get paid. So we just encourage you to give generously because... When we go, we will take nothing with us. We will not take the shirt on our back, nothing. Um, and so you have no idea how much giving to someone um, is planting a seed in their heart and in their life um, to fulfill more than just something that money can give. So to summarize, just uh, talk about uh, what your money type is. Um, set up some financial goals for you and your partner create a system of spending and have backup plans and give. And our quote for this week is actually a verse, which is Proverbs eleven twenty four, which says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous person will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Amen. So thank you so much for listening once again. We always have such a great time um, talking to you guys. Thank you so much. We do have an announcement. We are now on Spotify. So you might be listening to this on Spotify. Thanks for listening to us on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, um, please follow us on Spotify. Um, Share it with your friends. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please please five-star rate us, share it with your friends, leave us a little comment. We love hearing your feedback. And once again, follow us on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.